you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everybody, it's Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, and this is Baker Mayfield 360. First things first, I'm the most accurate quarterback in this draft by far. Mayfield, tight window. Mayfield, perfect so far. Unbelievable. Quarterback hasn't missed yet. I'm ready from day one to be a franchise guy. The, the energy I bring, the passion I bring, it, it, it's, it's infectious. Under pressure uh, is something I, I thrive on. And the thing I love most was the poise by Baker Mayfield. I love the game, but I want to be the best ever play. All right, Buck, I'm excited about this one, the Baker Mayfield 360 podcast series. This is going to be a fun one. Get a chance to, uh, to break down Baker Mayfield's game, talk about his potential at the next level. Find some NFL fits. And, Buck, we got some great interviews coming up as well. Yeah, we interviewed some of the people who know him best, including his high school coach, Hank Carter, Oklahoma head coach, Lincoln Raleigh, and former Sooner and current Jaguar receiver, D.D. Westbrook. Also, we got an interview with WWE legend Jim Ross, who is a huge Sooners fan and has a lot to say about Baker. Yeah, you guys are going to love the Jim Ross uh, interview on this podcast, trust me. Why are we interviewing Jim Ross about a football player? Trust me. Wait and see. But, Buck, before we get there, why don't we do our, uh, our own breakdown here of Mr. Mayfield. And when you watched him, seen him a lot over the last few years, I mean, it seems like we've had some of these quarterbacks with, with very little game tape to go off of in years past, and you're kind of guessing and projecting. I think with Baker Mayfield, we've seen plenty. We have seen plenty. We've seen a guy who has been a dominant player at two different locations, at Texas Tech, then at Oklahoma. He's been a guy that has played at a high level, an all-star level as a collegian. And the things that come to mind when I watch Baker Mayfield, feisty, gritty, tough, alpha dog competitor, a guy who is accurate and decisive with the ball, and more importantly, he's a winner. He is a guy who has played on big stages and come through and deliver for his team. And so from a playing standpoint, there's a lot to like about Baker Mayfield in this game. Yeah, when I start with the positives with, with Baker, I'll start with just how quick he is. Everything's quick in the pocket, quick feet. He's got a ni- nice, quick stroke. He can make every throw, arm talent-wise. I mean, remember telling you about it, getting a chance to see him live for the first time. Whatever concerns you may have had, okay, he's a smaller guy. Can he really spin it? This dude can spin it. I mean, you see him throw with velocity. He can drive the ball outside the hash. Um, he's got the touch to be able to change ball speeds. You like that about him? The accuracy uh, has, has been outstanding. Now, the flip side of it and what concerns you a little bit is, okay, this offense is beautifully designed, and they get some dudes naked. I mean, they get guys wide open, and he's, he puts it, on, puts it on them, but it's not the degree of difficulty you'd have with, say, somebody like a Josh Allen, and we talk about him and the windows and all that. There's huge windows in this Oklahoma offense, so that's, that's one thing I would say that, that people question. How's that transition going to be going from college open to NFL, NFL open and the differences there? And then – Look, you got to talk about it, the maturity issue. I mean, this is something that's showed up off the field, and it also even showed up on the field. Yeah, his immaturity does bleed onto the field. And I think for all the positive things that you talk about, the fighty, 
the feistiness, the gritty, uh, the tough competitor that he is, you do worry about his ability to kind of rein his emotions in. Not necessarily that you want him to play like a statue, but you just want him to always be able to be under control and to be aware of what he's doing and who he's representing. And so for Baker Mayfield, a guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder, and look, every guy who has played this game plays with some kind of chip. We've always fueled ourselves off the doubters. You just wonder, can he sustain himself without necessarily being angry once he gets to the National Football League? Because there's so many other things that he has to worry about as the quarterback of a team that he can't allow that to be a distraction that prevents him from playing at his best. Yeah, you know, the two incidents that are that are out there, you talk about the uh, the running away from the police that got caught on video. Then you talk about the, the Kansas thing uh, that took place on the sideline. Everybody's seen it. Everybody knows about it. The flag one with Ohio State, I don't really care uh, That doesn't that bother one. me because that's more in the game. Like, that's, that stuff doesn't bother me of him kind of giving it um, – to the opponent after, you know, celebrating the win. Like, those, those things happen. I'm not worried about that. It's more so just, I guess, the pattern of incidents. And I don't even call them really big transgressions, but just the pattern of incidents that shows you that he's a guy that kind of is an emotional powder keg. Can he just always keep his emotion and wits about him so he can be the face of the franchise and not um, have to be called into the principal's office to always be talked to by the head coach and maybe even the owner for his behavior on and off the field? Were you scouting when Drew Brees came out? Yes, I was. That was my, I think it was my, might have been my first draft. Okay. Uh, it was what, what, first draft. What, what are the comparisons? College Drew Brees versus college Baker Mayfield? Uh, I think the big thing, um, Drew Brees threw it all over the yard at Purdue. There were people that were excited about what he did from a production standpoint. He was the ultimate leader. All the things that you got back from Purdue um, were positive. The thing about it, it was a different time because quarterbacks that were small in stature didn't go in the first round. So no matter how much you liked him, you only could give him a top of the second round grade because, look, the measure wasn't prototype. The measurables were what they were. You didn't take guys who were not prototypes in the first round. And so you could give him a top of the second round grade, which is where he went. But he was an A-plus player, A-plus leader. All the things that he has evolved into during his time in San Diego and then later with the New Orleans Saints, um, he has done. And Baker Mayfield, yes, you want to give that comparison. Uh, the one thing with Baker that you want to see when it comes to Drew Brees, can he be disciplined and detailed in the pocket? like Breeze is. Uh, when you look at Baker Mayfield, his junior tape, he drifted and floated a little bit in the pocket. This year he was much better. But still you wonder, because of the size, can he hang in there, find the windows to release the ball, to get the ball to his weapons down the field? If he can do that and master that skill, he could have a very, very productive and successful career in the National Football League. The big thing for Baker, and with all of these quarterbacks that we're talking about, can he get with the right offensive coordinator who can design an offense that plays to his strengths. That's the key for everybody. I think it's particularly important for him because I've said this. I believe he certainly is a trailer. He can get the team to the winner's circle. I don't know how much he individually can elevate the team, but if he goes to a good team with nice weapons around, he certainly knows how to drive that kind of car. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what you're hoping for if you're you're saying what can he be at the highest level, like what's the, the – best possible scenario for Baker Mayfield. Now, obviously, Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. but that's the game plan. That's the design. That's how you would try and gear an offense to do the same type of things that Drew's been able to do with New Orleans. I think you'd try and craft the same exact system for a Baker Mayfield. One of the things stylistically that's different from him and Drew, for the way the game is now, we always talk about off-platform throws and being in awkward positions and make throws. Baker does that pretty well. Drew, though, is one of the few guys, seems like he's always on platform. He has always got his feet underneath him, and he processes so fast, the ball comes out so fast, that he's not really forced to be in those awkward positions. And I think that's one of the reasons why you've seen him be so consistent, be so accurate. His ability to process, that's something that Baker Mayfield, I mean, that takes years and years and years to get to that level where you can process information as fast as Drew Brees does. And, and, and that's the thing. When we talk about the greats, the elite, it's not a coincidence that all these guys have played 12, 13, 14-plus years in the league. The game has slowed down to the point where they're looking at the game in slow motion. For Drew Brees, it took him a while because those first three or four years in San Diego were not necessarily pretty. He finally found his way when the team put pressure on him by bringing Phillip Rivers in. He played at a Pro Bowl level, has the shoulder injury, then makes his way to New 
New Orleans, and he and Sean Payton have been a marriage made in heaven. For Baker Mayfield, it's looking at what Drew Brees has been able to do and adding pieces of his game to his own game so he can have some Brees-like qualities when he's playing from the pocket. If he does that, if he has a plan in place and follows that blueprint, look, we could be talking about a guy that could be a 10-year starter that has a lot of success and leads his team to big wins. All right, we got a couple more things to cover before we get to these interviews, and we got a lot of good interviews, so I don't want to take too much time here. Real quick, we talked about the ceiling, the floor for me, is Chase Daniel. I mean, maybe that's not sexy, but at worst-case scenario, you're going to have a really, really quality backup. I think that's absolute worst-case scenario. You're talking about an undersized guy, very productive in college, and didn't hasn't really functioned as a starter. That's the absolute floor for me. What's the floor for you? Uh, I, I think the best comparison for me with Baker Mayfield is Case Keenum. And the reason I say Case Keenum is because Case Keenum is a product of the environment. When you saw him in St. Louis and Houston and then with the L.A. Rams, uh, he played a certain way. He looked a certain way. You then take him and put him in an environment in Minnesota where he's surrounded by A-level playmakers on the outside. He looks like a different player. I think Baker Mayfield is very, very similar to that. I don't believe you could take him and put him and put him with a bad squad, and he makes that squad better. But if you put him with a B, B-plus, A-minus squad, he certainly can lead those guys to the winner's circle. I think the environment is very, very critical to what Baker Mayfield will eventually become in our league. Oh, you mentioned the comparison there. Uh, that's a good one. My comparison for him is actually Jeff Garcia going back a little bit. Has Ooh, some of that nice. kind of – that qu- play with a real frenetic pace about him. Has that quickness. Had a little bit of magic. Jeff Garcia had some of that magic. I think Baker has some of that as well. That's a really good comparison. Having been in the Bay, played against Jeff Garcia, I can see that Jeff Garcia certainly had that edge, that grit to him. I think it was a four-time Pro Bowl player, found his way. But much like Mayfield – his environment, the environment that he had around him in San Francisco, in Philly, in Tampa when he played at his highest level, certainly helped him play at a level that was Pro Bowl caliber. All right, last thing before we get to our first interview, uh, quick comparison with him and Johnny Manziel. Take the all the off-the-field issues that Johnny had. Just as a talent, as a player, how would you compare him coming out of college, Manziel versus Mayfield? I think Mayfield is probably a more disciplined and effective passer. Manziel was a better athlete. Um he was a little more dynamic when he was able to kind of play off-platform. I, I think the comparison has to exist because he's the last short quarterback that we've seen drafted in the first round. Uh, there's some similarities. I don't know if they're as similar as some people have tried to make them out to be, but anytime you get guys that look the same and kind of play in a style that you can say is similar, that's why. But I, I think the comparison's a little off because Johnny Manziel was kind of a freak of nature in terms of the way that he played. Not a lot of discipline, a lot of frenetic plays and chaos that led to big plays. The way I would describe it simply, uh, if you want to color between the lines, I'll take Baker Mayfield. Like, this is the play call. Go execute it. Baker Mayfield over Johnny Manziel. Now, you tell me, we can go outside the lines a little bit. This is – play breaks down, make something happen. Then, to me, it's clearly Johnny. Yeah, Johnny was a little different. I think Johnny was a little more explosive as a runner, and that is the, the thing that separates the two. Baker's more disciplined and efficient as a passer. Manziel is a better athlete, better runner. All right, let's kick this thing off here. Let's get to our first interview. Going to go back to the high school days with Baker Mayfield's high school coach at Lake Travis High School. This is our chat with his coach, Hank Carter. Coach, I want to go back to the very beginning, the first time you even heard of Baker Mayfield. Give us that story. Uh, Probably the first time that I could remember meeting Baker was over the summer going into his high school, uh, going into his freshman year. We have an indoor facility in here, and during the summertime, kids, after weight workouts, will come in and throw the football around. So I can remember uh, Baker being in there, and, and I can just remember that the quarterback was pretty small, but he could throw the ball pretty good. And he, uh, you know, I, I can when I did meet him and I saw the way he interacted with the, with the rest of the kids and with the coaches, I was impressed with him. He was an impressive young man. Um, impressed by the way he threw the ball, but man, he was really small. That's that's the uh, first memory that I have of him. Well, coach, let's go. I mean, eighth grade. My son's in eighth grade, so I kind of have an idea what, how big eighth graders are. Like, what are we talking about here? Is he like five eight, five nine at this point in time? No, probably more like five two. Whoa, oh. um, five two or five three. Yeah, he was he was small even for a freshman. It's um, he was always on the top athletic teams, the A team. We call it the black team here. But, yeah, uh, he was always uh, really the smallest guy that's on the A team growing up, and. Um, he didn't always have the physical tools to compete and be the best one out there with those guys, but his smarts and his, his uh, ability to compete is, is what always kept him up there with those guys. And uh, eventually his, you know, his physical tools caught up. Coach, you, you mentioned the competitiveness and, and the other stuff, the intangibles. You said when you first noticed him how he, 
He was kind of a leader. What kind of leader was he for you at your high school? He was an incredible leader. He was um, our one of our favorite kids we've ever coached. He um, he was always at ease with growing ups, whether it be his teachers, his parents, or his coaches. And so we've always been a huge fan of him. Um, it, we could coach him hard. He was a good player, but we could get after him, and he always wanted to get better. And so he, um, that, that's not always the case with some of your better players. Sometimes they've been good for so long that it's hard for them to take some constructive criticism. And uh, Baker was never like that. Baker was always looking for ways to get better. And so when we challenged him, he, he took it and ran with it. Um, but, you know, he, he was just a consummate leader, to be honest with you. Even um, one, one of the most vivid memories that I have is junior year. He's our starting quarterback. We go on to win a state championship our fifth in a row. Um, and our band had made it far in the playoffs for them. And so they're getting ready to go to what was essentially their state championships. And uh, we did a send-off, and Baker Mayfield was leading the chants, leading the yells, holding the signs, doing a send-off. The football team, <laughs> the quarterback, the most popular guy in town uh, was doing that for those band kids, and I thought that was pretty awesome. And that's the type of kid that he is. He, um, he's comfortable in his own skin, obviously, but he also understands the impact he can have on other people, and he's always done that. Um, and there's a million stories of the way he's interacted with the young people here in Lake Travis from the time that he started playing and then even since he's left and, and gone on to bigger and better things. But he's just uh, – he's a great guy. He's a stud, and, and the dude could play football too, and that doesn't hurt either. Coach, I want to give the folks that are listening that maybe aren't from Texas an idea of what it means to be the quarterback at a program like yours, a state powerhouse, and what that means in terms of just being – he's basically at that – as a high schooler is a celebrity in, in town. Isn't that, isn't that correct when you're the, the stud quarterback at a program like that? Yeah, and I, I would say, you know, across the state of Texas, if you're the starting quarterback or you're a, um, you know, you're a, a good player on your varsity football team, that gives you some status. It got a little street cred in the hallways and obviously in town. Uh, but yeah, you know, certainly we've been blessed to have some success here at Lake Travis, and and uh, playing quarterback is very difficult here. It's um, I don't know how many we've had, but going back to Todd Reesing, every quarterback that we've had um, since you know the early 2000s has been a Division One scholarship quarterback. And uh, Baker was in the mix in that group, and that's not easy to do. Um, obviously, he's had the most success going on past, uh, you know, as, as far as his college career. We've got another kid, Garrett Gilbert, that plays for the Carolina Panthers. But, uh, yeah, if you're the quarterback at Lake Travis, it means you're, you're going to be um, susceptible to some criticism. Uh, you know, me, the offensive coordinator, and the quarterback are not always the, uh, you know, we're not always the most popular guys, depending on how the game went on Friday night. <laughs> Um, but, the, you know, Baker and, and these guys that play quarterback here, they know it. And, um, you know, I, I do think that playing in a, a program like ours helped him get ready for what he's faced at the next level. It's not the same. Uh, football is big here in Texas, but it's not the same as playing the quarterback at OU, certainly not in the NFL. But I think for what we can, we do try to get our kids ready for that. And, and he handled it all beautifully. Hey, Coach, and think about getting ready. How did you help him get ready for whatever adversity he handled at Texas Tech as a walk-on, then becoming the starter, then deciding to leave? and then walking on at Oklahoma. How did he handle that entire process? Um, you know, I think that's just been something that obviously he was raised with. His parents did an amazing job bringing him up and, and teaching him to, um, again, he, every grown-up that I know of that's ever interacted with him has loved him and has rooted for that kid. And, you know, we're not allowed to pick favorites and all that stuff, but I can tell you we're human beings just like everybody else. And that there's some kids that you interact with that you enjoy more than others. And, and so he, he's had a way with people his whole life. And I think that you also look at the way that his teammates at all the places that he's been, um, the, way, the way they rally around him and behind him. So that, I think that's been something he's always had. But the way that he's been successful is because he's outworked people and he's had to, to play smarter, play harder. Um, and so I think what that does is over time, that gives you a lot of confidence that even if you're up against some obstacles or even if things aren't going your way, um, you're used to it being difficult. And so he hasn't shied away from that. I think that um, if you look at the guys that have really succeeded big time, whether it's in you know the corporate world or at, at athletics at the next level, a lot of times they had some type of adversity that helped them, um, you know, to teach them to stick with it. And I think Baker's had that. So the training he's had already for his young athletic career has um, you know set him up to deal with the things that he's having to now. That's good stuff, Coach. We always talk about that. What kind of adversity have you faced, and how have you you overcome it? So that's helpful in the evaluation process. One of the things we've done with a lot of the NFL coaches we've had on and, and as well as some of these college coaches that have had success at the quarterback position, we ask them what those core two or three traits they look for. And when you go through that long list of guys you've sent out to the, to the colleges, we know you're, you're doing a pretty good job of finding these guys and developing these kids. So I'd love to get your take on that, just if you could narrow it down to two or three core traits that you look for in a quarterback. 
um, you know, obviously you have to be smart and you have to be a great athlete. I mean, to, to play football at a high level, uh, whether it's in Texas 6A high school football, Division One, or, or NFL, um, you need to be talented and he has ability. Um, so that's something that we always look for. But really, to me, one of the most important things is, are you good with people? Because you're playing football with with uh, guys from all different backgrounds. You're going to be working with coaches and, and uh, GMs and um, athletic directors and things like that. And so the better you are with people, I think that it's going to give you an advantage down the road. And then are you the hardest worker in the room? And so if, if all those those three things are checked, yes. And I think that the young man has a great chance to succeed. And those are the things we look for. Now, I can tell you, we've been blessed here. We, we have amazing kids. It's um, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, I have the best job in the world. I get, I get a chance to coach football and work with young people like Travis. And uh, our parents have done a great job of, of setting kids on a path for success. But, you know, that's what we look for. We, we want kids that are going to be great with people because that's uh, we're in the people business. No matter what you're in, unless unless you're a computer programmer or something like that <laughs> in, a, in a cubicle, you're in the people business one way or another. And so we want our guys to be able to relate to their teammates, to be able to push them. Um, you know, at the end of the day, too, I think it, when you're likable, and um, you do make mistakes, people forgive you easier. I, I use this example all the time. Uh, the doctors that, that their patients like them, they don't get sued as often for malpractice, whether they're better doctors or not. So being <laughs> likable matters. And, uh, but, yeah, th- those things are what we, we try to look for um, and, and try to get our guys to understand and to get better at. Coach, one thing that I always look for in a quarterback is how do they perform under pressure? How, how do they play when the game is in a clutch situation? Based on your experience with Baker, how has he handled clutch situations for you since he was in high school? Well, you know, he, he had some opportunities in high school to where um, it was kind of put up or shut up. The first game that he ever played, um, you know, as our varsity quarterback was against our rival. Uh, it was over at uh, Daryl K. Royal, Texas Memorial Stadium. And he, he came in and it, he was probably nervous. You wouldn't have known it. He had one of the best games of a quarterback that we had ever had in kind of the biggest stage at that point in his career. And so um, he doesn't blink. You know, that's that's one thing about him. He's confident in his ability. He's confident in the ability for him to get the people around him to play at a higher level. And so um, he every situation that he goes into, he feels like he's going to be able to get it done. And then, you know, that same year, you know, we were we were 15 and 0 going into the state championship game. And he played the, probably the best football game of his career, you know, on the biggest stage that there was. And so um, I, I think that, um, again, you never know how a guy's going to react if he gets nervous. And, you know, everybody does. But is that going to help him, uh, you know, heighten his skills, sharpen his skills? Or is that going to make him not perform at such a high level? But I think if you look at Baker in the big moments he's had in college in the most stressful games, for the most part, he's played at his best. And I think that's important. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fascinating, Coach. I want to go back to when the college coaches were coming through during the recruiting phase. And obviously you see the success that you guys had as a team, the numbers that Baker put up. Um, but he wasn't offered scholarships by everybody, by all the top colleges. What were, what were the college coaches telling you on those visits to campus? As I, I would imagine you're lobbying for your guy, and they're saying, you know what, we just don't think he can do X, Y, or Z. What, was those, what were those conversations like? Um, well, the, the further he got into his high school playing career, the conversations were more um, the college guys going, golly, that guy can play. That guy can <laughs> throw the ball. What a st-. You know, so they – uh, it, it would probably someday when they make a movie about it, uh, it might it might sound better for them to all come back and say, "Oh no, he's no good." To now they knew he could play, but at the time in our area of the world, there were a lot of quarterbacks in his grade, uh, and a lot of guys that were at the time considered you know high rated, whatever. Um, and so nowadays in recruiting, I think there's so much pressure on these universities, to, especially with a quarterback, to move quickly to try to get a guy committed so that you're done. And so I, I really think that the schools in our area that, that needed a quarterback in his class already had one by the time they really found out about Baker. And what I mean by really found out about him, um, at sometimes at our school, I think that our kids can get labeled a little bit as a system quarterback because we've had so many that have been successful in a row. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was a little bit of it. I think also the fact that his stature, he was under six foot in high school. Um, and so, you know, he really didn't start growing until junior and senior year. And so he, he didn't look like a Division One football player. Um, and so I think by the time people got a chance to to see him on the hoof, to see him in person, to see him throw it, either you know either they didn't need a quarterback that year or they had already had a kid in that same grade committed, and so they were kind of you know done shopping. I, but I did you know there there were some guys that passed on him because they didn't feel like he could physically didn't have the tools. Um, but there were a lot of guys too once we got down to the fall of the senior year that already had a quarterback committed, so they were no longer shopping. But, you know, they were they were like, God, I got can play, you know, dang it. Wish we would have got in on him a little sooner. Um, and so he had, you know, he had an he had an interest from Washington State. I know that, that Mike Leach and that bunch when they got there, they offered him. 
um, and kind of just, you know, bad luck for Baker. Our baseball team was in a state, um, state tournament that year, and so they play into June. And so Baker and his family didn't have an, an opportunity to go up and visit campus. That was something he was excited about. Um, and then they had offered it to another kid and Baker, and it's, it's musical chairs. It's kind of yeah. like the first one to, to take it. They're going to get it. And so Baker lost out on that opportunity. But, um, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it was frustrating for him. I know that TCU, you know, they liked him, and they ended up going on another kid. And so I, I think there were just three or four of those things that kind of all got put together. Oregon State came out on him really late, and I thought they were going to offer, but they ended up going with another guy. Um, and so he was left with the opportunity to go to Texas Tech and walk on. Wow. Coach, so now that it begins to make sense because Baker has a, a chip that he plays with. He, he kind of plays kind of angry like he's the underdog. Do you believe that is something that he's always had or is that kind of the byproduct of always being overlooked throughout the process? He was shorter than, than most and people didn't give him maybe the proper respect based on the talent that he's displayed. Um, I would say, you know, the, the way that he plays now, he, he – for the most part, always carried himself in, in a confident way. Um, I think now, because, you know, now I'm in Longhorn country here, and so you're, if they don't go to Lake Travis and they're not Lake Travis people, he's really not popular because he ended up being a Sooner. Uh, but, but I think that the way he plays, he's always had that in him, and it's really he loves playing the game. Um, he, he talks a lot of trash, and he did that whether we were playing seven-on-seven, seven, whether we were in practice where we were, or he was playing a pickup basketball game. Um, he just likes to interact and he, he loves the action. And so that's something that, that I think that he has kept with him the whole time. Um, he does play the little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Just, um, and, I, and I feel like that whatever guys have to do to get themselves ready to play at a high level, um, they do it. And, I, you know, I think for him, um, he's had success doing that and playing in that manner. And I think he's going to stay with it. I think if you look at the, you know, Tom Brady's a fiery guy, the way that he plays, I think that he's toned a little bit of it down now that he's such a, a world figure. But um, I think <laughs> earlier on in his career, you'd see him getting after DBs and things like that. I think that um, that gets a lot of attention, obviously. But at the end of the day, he loves playing football. Um, and the guys in the NFL right now that compete at a high level and the, that are the best at their job, they all have that in common. They're fanatical competitors and they love the game. But not everybody in the NFL, not everybody in Division One college football really, really loves football. Uh, but I can tell you that that guy does, you know, as much as anyone I've ever seen. Last question for me, Coach, and we appreciate your time. But I just want to know, when, when he was at uh, Oklahoma, I believe it was before a bowl game, we saw him in his sweats break out, break out the dance moves. Did you know he was that good of a dancer in high school? It Was this a high school dances where he honed those skills? Uh, I knew that he was a dancer. Now, whether or not he's a good dancer or not, I guess, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, I, he, he – uh, he would. He would. He would always cut up, and uh, you know, our, I, it's funny. You know, our guys have always here, like Travis. I, I, I say it all the time. If if people knew how goofy our kids were, we, you know, we probably would lose that edge when we walk out on the field. And people, you know, <laughs> have the respect that we do. But yeah, he he's always been at ease with his teammates. He's always liked to cut up and have a good time. And uh, I, I think that that's why his, his teammates, his classmates, everybody has always loved him because he's a real guy. Uh, you know, he's not, he's also not afraid to uh, put himself in the limelight and even poke fun at himself. I wish I had the picture, but. Uh, they did, you know, every year that we have a championship run or something like that, the parents will put together a highlight video. And I can remember that uh, we had an ugly sweat or ugly Christmas sweater day when Baker was a junior. And by God, he won that sucker. It was the ugliest sweater you've ever seen. <laughs> ever seen. And, uh, so he, he wasn't afraid to poke fun at himself a little bit either and, and get involved and do kind of the normal kid things. And, uh, you know, I think all those things together is, is um, going to lead him on to having a great NFL career. He's, he, he is. He's an everyman. He's, um, you know, he, he's never thought he was above or too good for anything, and I think that resonates with his teammates. Coach, thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate it, and we're going to need a picture of that sweater. <laughs> I'm going to work sure. on it. <laughs> hey, thank you so much, Coach. Wish you the best of luck next season. Uh, what a heck of a program you've got there, man. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Buck, I always find it fascinating when you get a chance to talk to these high school coaches of all the different people. We talk to teammates, we talk to college coaches, opposing coaches, the whole litany of guys we talk to for these 360 episodes. I always enjoy these chats with the high school coaches the most. The high school coaches did a great job of shaping him. They understand the foundation of who they were as people, who they were as players, and how they've evolved over the years. And so anytime you can get that perspective, you find out so much more about the kid. No question. Uh, great, great chat there. Uh, with Coach Carter, we appreciate his time. Let's get to our next interview, though. After high school, uh, Baker Mayfield had a little had a little little turnover there, right? Goes to Texas Tech, doesn't work out for him there. Decides he wants to move on, and he ends up at Oklahoma, and that's where he's coached by Lincoln Riley, someone you had a chance to visit with. Coach, you have such a reputation for developing quarterbacks and offenses, 
And looking at quarterbacks, what are some of the core characteristics that you believe are essential for the position? Well, I've always believed that, first off, that guy, when he's in the huddle, has got to make the other 10 guys around him better. You know, and, and you can just feel that with certain guys. You know, certainly the guy that, you know, Baker Mayfield we just had was certainly falls into that category. But I think that's maybe the most critical factor. Um, and then, you know, physically, we've always looked at, you know, at accuracy first. I think arm strength a lot of times in our opinion is a little bit overrated um, although it's important at times but you got to be accurate you got to be able to make decisions and you've got to be athletic enough to you know run when it's needed and also get yourself out of trouble so many times when I talk to coaches and offensive coordinators they talk about poise what does poise mean to you when you think about your quarterback playing at a high level well, I think being able to, A, keep their composure just within the competitive nature of the game and, and how fiery and competitive these games are. And then I think also it's it's having poise and, and trusting what you've been coached to do, you know, to, to do your job within whatever system that you're running and trust that regardless of what the game situation is, good or bad, trusting that if I do my job for this team that that's going to be good enough to get the result that we want. Now, spin it ahead to your, your guy, Baker Mayfield, Heisman Trophy winner a guy that was phenomenal during his time in Oklahoma. Um, what is his best trait as a player and a leader? Oh, there's a lot. You know, probably probably how fearless he is. You know, the guy just – every field he's ever stepped on, he believes he's the biggest, baddest guy out there. You know, and I think believing in yourself, especially in those critical situations or maybe times in your life where other people doubted you or whatever there is, I – I think you got to believe in yourself, and especially at that position, because it's a. At times, quarterback can be a lonely position. You know, you you handle the ball every play. You're you know directly responsible for you know a lot of the team's success or a lot of an offensive success. So so you got to believe in yourself, and he does. And and then of course all the 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 competitiveness that you see. Uh, he's a very cerebral player, very talented arm, and uh, a very very driven human being. To that point, you talk about his confidence, his courage, his competitiveness. Late game situations in big games, this guy has a knack for delivering. Um, is that contagious? Is that infectious? Do the teammates believe that if Baker Mayfield has the ball at the end of the game, he can find a way to get it done? Absolutely they do. I mean, again, he's a guy that just not only makes your offense better, but he's going to make your whole team, your whole program, uh, you know, whatever team that, that, you know, he ends up with here throughout this process. He, he's going to make them all better. And uh, I don't know that you can put a value to that. I mean, it's just the great teams have that. I mean, and uh, I mean, look who's, you know, look who's dominated this league for the last, you know, however many years in the Patriots. And to me, it's not a surprise. I mean, they've got a guy in that in that organization that that makes everybody better. And and just like Baker's, you know, done for us at Oklahoma. You know, some of the people will talk about Baker and the system that you guys played in at Oklahoma. Why do you believe that, regardless of system, he's going to be successful at the next year? Well, well, because if you look at, you know, what we do offensively is, you know, it's we do just, you know, we do it a lot of the different things that he's going to do at this level. I mean, he's played in the gun. He's played under center. He's done a lot of play action. We've moved the pocket. He's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks uh, to ever do it. Uh, he's really improved within the pocket and become dominant from there. And then, again, he's a guy that regardless what system you're playing in, when, when a play breaks down, the guy has just a great knack for making things happen. If you had an opportunity to talk to an NFL general manager, what would you tell them is going to be the main reason why Baker Mayfield is going to be successful? Man, it's hard to it's hard to narrow it down to one. You know, I just I've seen it for so many years now. I've seen it in different uh, different venues. I've seen it, you know, different challenges the kids faced with with you know so many eyes on him, with all the pressure in the world on him. I've seen him do it with different you know players around him. The guy just, he's a winner. He's a winner. Uh, he's going to make your team better. He's going to energize your team, your fan base, uh, and you'll get every ounce that that kid has. Thanks so much for spending time with us, Coach. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, Bucky, great job there uh, interviewing Lincoln Riley. And, and, man, I tell you what, Lincoln Riley was living right. Gets a chance to take over that program from Bob Stoops. And Bob Stoops gift-wrapped him a big-time present there in Baker Mayfield and Rides it all the way to the Heisman Trophy and into the Final Four of the uh, the NCAA season. What a uh, what a big time coaching debut for Lincoln Riley and some interesting things there to say about his quarterback. Yeah, you definitely see the connection between the coach and the quarterback. Obviously, there's going to be a tight connection anytime you have a play caller who is working with a signal caller. Um, I think with Riley and Mayfield, you have seen 
a coordinator, head coach who is building offense around the talents of his best player. Baker Mayfield was his best player. He did a great job of elevating him by putting him in situations that kind of play to his strengths. And so I'm excited to see how many NFL coaches have called Lincoln Riley and tried to tap into that knowledge to start formulating plans for how they want to use Mayfield at the next level. Yeah, getting some plays from him. Why yeah. not? It's, it's worked there. We saw it with Deshaun Watson last year, kind Absolutely. of craft an offense around a player. I think whoever gets Baker Mayfield will be wise to make that phone call. All right, uh, not this year, but the previous year there at Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield had an, a big-time explosive weapon to throw the ball to, D.D. Westbrook. We saw just how talented he was in the flashes his rookie year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We thought this would be a great person to talk to about Baker Mayfield. So here's our chat with Dede Westbrook. Dede, I got to be honest with you. I'm looking forward to watching your former quarterback, Baker Mayfield, make that step to the next level. Can you give us a story the first time you met Baker at Oklahoma? Man, the very first time I met Baker, I didn't really know who Baker was. You know, uh, he had long curls, you know, <laughs> something that, of course, I wasn't interested in. And as far as a guy to have his hair cut, uh, but, yeah, we were, like, sitting at the dinner table, and it was my official visit. And so it was that Friday. He was my host. And that day was my birthday. And so he was like, hey, man, what are you planning on doing tonight? Like, what are you interested in? And I was like, man, actually, it's my birthday, so I'm going to go to my hotel room and spend it with my girlfriend at the time. And so pretty much that's what I ended up doing. And then the next day I met up with him. I had a great time with him and Sterling, and I ended up committing to Oklahoma. And so when I first got there, I didn't have a car. And I stayed in the house and I stayed about 15 minutes from the campus, you know. And so my first week of workouts, I was late every week. And so Baker came up to me like a quarterback should. And he was like, um, DD, like I've noticed you've been being late. And for you to be uh, one of the players that we looking to make plays for us next year, like you just give me your address and I will come pick you up wherever it is that you stay every morning so you won't be late. And so, like I said, I stayed 15 minutes from the campus. We had 5.30 in the morning workouts. So that means Baker was getting up an hour, maybe 4.30, 4 o'clock, just so he can make it out to my house to pick me up and so we can get back to the, to the school on time so we can complete the workouts. And then after all that, throughout all my day, all my classes, even though our classes were different, he would pick me up and take me back to my house. You know, and so – for, for me, seeing that, I was like, this is a really good guy. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I see in the media, of course, they try to betray him to be a bad person, but he's a very caring, charismatic person. You know, and, and for a guy to stop what he's doing, he's already been there a whole year before I even got there, so he know the ropes about everything. But for him to take me under his arm, you know, I mean, it's, it's very humbling of him. You know, DJ, Didi, um, to think about that part of it, like it speaks to his leadership. And you talk about him being an off-field leader, picking you up every day, taking you uh, to campus. What is he like in-game? What is that guy like when the lights are on and y'all step between the lines? What kind of leadership, what kind of personality does he have on game day? He's pumped. Super excited. You know, uh, what you what you see after he throw a touchdown pass, that's that's what you get. And I don't care if we are 54-0 of halftime, we got we to gotta do more. Whatever we did the first half to get us 54 points isn't enough. You know, we're supposed to be at 70 by halftime. Like, that's the, that's the type of personality he have. That's the type of leadership he have. You know, he, he want to fight. He want to continue to be better each and every play. I mean, and he's one of those guys, whenever he's wrong, he's going to admit that he's wrong. And whenever you're wrong, he's not going to let you take none of the blame out on yourself. Like, it's all his fault. I want to go back to, to maybe some time in spring ball when you're going good on good, Oklahoma against Oklahoma. Does Baker give that same treatment to his guys, to the Oklahoma defense, and how did those guys react to oh, it? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. Give me, but, can you uh, give me an example? Knows. Give me an example of that, what he was like there in spring ball against your own dudes. Uh, him and Jordan Thomas will have it out a lot. You know, and he liked to go at Jordan Thomas. Jordan Thomas is a real smart player. And he learned our plays, you know, the signals. He learned the his signals. And, and so Baker will go at him just because he knew the plays, you know. And, like, that's, the type, that's just the type of guy he is. Like, we beat you, and you knew what we were doing. 
<laughs> would he yeah, let him so know? Would he say? Guy, yeah. Would he say something afterwards and let him know? Oh, most, most definitely. You know, he run up to him, ah, you know, <laughs> do Baker Mayfield things. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you mean by Baker Mayfield things? So, because from afar, when we look at Baker Mayfield. He's a little different than the typical quarterbacks in terms of the way that he reacts, the emotion that he displays. Is that just who he is? He's just an emotional guy. He's just he loves the game that much that it just comes out in his actions. That's ex- that's exactly what it is. Exactly what it is, and and it makes you want to play for him because he brings so much excitement to the game. You talked real quick about your your adjustment, you know, and it's like this for a lot of guys coming out of the college spread system. But you had an adjustment to make. Uh, you know, coming out of a, a college spread, and, and Coach McCardell has helped you through that. What do you think will be the biggest adjustment for Baker, having been around the NFL game now versus uh, what you're asked to do in college? Uh, just pretty much harnessing some of that emotion. I'm not saying take it completely out of his game. You know, of course, play the game to the best of your ability, but just harnessing some of it because uh, it can kind of be detrimental sometimes, you know, because uh, the defenses in the NFL, they're not going to like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it, it's going to get real aggressive. But for him being a competitor, he never shy away. He's going to step up. Um, so when you envision Baker in the National Football League five years from now, what kind of career do you think he'll be having at that point? Uh, I feel like he'll be having a Russell Wilson type career. Wow, that's Drew a, Brees. Yeah, that's strong. That's strong company. Strong company right there. I, I got to go off script. because Go, I'm just, go ahead. I'm just curious. Like, So if Baker Mayfield was playing against your Jaguars defense with Jalen and uh, Telvin Smith and all the Barkers that you guys have, what would that be like to watch? Are we coming? <laughs> yeah. Most definitely. We coming. Because, I mean, I – I know Jalen Ramsey. I know Tillman. Yeah, he gonna have to come. He gonna have to come on. Well, hey, that, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good uh, capper right there, Didi. Thank you so much for your time, man. We, we wish you the best of luck in the future, and uh, appreciate your insights there on Baker Mayfield as well. Uh, thank you for having me. All right, Buck, Didi Westbrook, man, that was fascinating insight there. I thought on Baker Mayfield going to pick him up and then taking him back afterwards. That, it gives you a little. That's what this 360 series is all about. Give you a little different picture of Baker Mayfield. Gives you a completely different picture than you may have had if you didn't hear that story on Baker Mayfield and Didi Westbrook. The fact that he took the time to not only pick him up but stayed around um, and take him back home after the day says a lot about his leadership skills, says a lot about his relationship with his teammates, and then you begin to get a better feel for why the people at Oklahoma love him so much. That's why we're we're doing these episodes. We want to be able to give you a complete picture. We want to go with the obvious guys you'd think we would talk to, a guy like Dede Westbrook who's up for the Heisman Trophy with his teammate, uh, and Baker Mayfield. Then we like to go maybe the not so obvious. We like to dig a little bit deeper, like our next guest, who is a WWE Hall of Fame announcer, Jim Ross. JR, if you follow wrestling, you're familiar with this name. And if you if you think you don't know him, once you hear his voice, you'll immediately uh, recognize it. He is a longtime Oklahoma Sooner fan. He is on the sideline just about each and every week. He's followed this program forever. He lives right there in Norman and actually has some great insight into Baker Mayfield. First of all, thank you so much for taking some time and a big week for you. I know with WrestleMania coming up here uh, to talk about Baker Mayfield. First question for me is when was the first time you met Baker or even heard of Baker? Uh, I heard of him as a freshman at Tech, uh, even though the, apparently the, their administration of football team had not heard of him. He's only the <laughs> Big 12 freshman of the year. Uh, but then I have a sideline uh, access one of those jocks different celebrity guys. And uh, I uh, was on the sideline when he was redshirting. So good kid. Uh, I got to know him very well. And uh, I can give you a lot of good stories about Baker. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a real keeper. How unique is that story to go from being a guy that was a pretty good player at Texas Tech to deciding to walk on at Oklahoma without announcing to anybody that he was coming? Uh, what does that say about him as a player, as a person? I think it says a lot, Bucky. I think it says a lot. And people that compare him incessantly to Johnny Manziel are foolish. Uh, and I just I can't believe that. Ernie Ladd told me one time, it is a fool that looks upon the skills of a wise man and calls it luck. Baker Mayfield ain't luck. He's a player. He's the kind of guy you want in the foxhole with you. And uh, great heart, good kid. I, I, I think somebody's going to give him a hell of a player, no doubt. 
Well, I, we would talk about his competitive all the time, just how competitive he is. Is there is there a story you have that's a good example of just how competitive this kid is maybe that we don't know about? Well, I sent him a jump in the middle of the defensive lineman on more than one occasion to encourage them to tackle better. Uh, <laughs> he has no uh, fear, and the players love him. Uh, in 92, I broadcast for the Falcons, and uh, they had this rookie named Brett Favre or as the commissioner said, Favre, and, uh, or John Favreau, somebody. Anyway, uh, but uh, Baker's a lot like Brett. He's a, he's a guy that everybody wants to hang with, and uh, he, everybody likes him. So I, 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 I think that uh, his competitiveness, his language he uses sometimes, is, reminds me of my dad at the woodshed, but it's still okay as long as you know your audience. <laughs> well, obviously you've been around a lot of successful pros, not only like guys from Oklahoma that have gone on to be successful NFL guys, but wrestlers. What about Baker's personality and his makeup leads you to believe that he'll be a good pro in the National Football League? Well, he's just – he's a player's – he's a player's player, man. I mean, he, he, he has great skills. He's very competitive. He, he does a pregame warm-up, guys, that uh, would rival uh, Odell Beckham. Catching the ball with one hand here, one hand there, and uh, uh, he's just amazing. And I'll tell you a little, the story. My wife got killed last March uh, in an accident there in Norman, and it, you know, it made the news and so forth. But when Baker first saw me when that, after that was over, he gave me the biggest hug. He had tears in his eyes. I hope I don't get it right now. And he said, "Jr., I love you, and I got your back. Wow. And he, before every ball game, I got a big hug this past season. JR, I love you, and I got your back. So uh, that's the kind of kid he is. He's got heart. He's got passion. And he has worked so damned hard to get to this level. He wasn't recruited out of Lake Travis High School to any degree, won state championship. Uh, Texas Tech, uh, you know, turned their back on him. And so uh, uh, OU was just the place for him. Lincoln Riley was the right coach for him. And now the the journey continues, and then we love this kid. He's really he's really special, guys. And how about the job he's done just on the big stage? I know in your in your profession, you get a ch- chance to see guys on a huge stage, and the stars kind of emerge in those big moments and those clutch moments in front of everybody. What is it about Baker specifically that makes him uh, shine in those big time moments? He has no fear. He has no fear. He's not intimidated by a, a situation or a scenario. And look, I understand, too, as well, you get, the, you get in the league. Now, the league's a different deal. There's still a lot of people there. They're still yelling. You're still playing football. You're getting the hell knocked out of you. He relishes that opportunity. Uh, I've seen some very hostile environments, and sometimes he maybe overreacted like at Kansas. Mm-hmm. Nobody should get angry at anybody at Kansas about a football game, first of all. <laughs> it's Basketball, a miracle anybody maybe. saw it. It's a miracle anybody saw it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, but he's just a – he has heart, and that passion, I think, will – will permeate throughout the locker room. I think the whoever gets him, like I said, well, we're going to get a good guy. I want to lean on your experience and expertise as a WrestleMania guy. I, 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 want, to, I want you to tell me, like, and we're in the comparison business. Who would Baker Mayfield be if he was a wrestler? Who would he be like? Oh, easy. Uh, he'd either be like the nature boy Ric Flair. That's so funny because that's what over my <laughs> The heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, one of the two. He's flamboyant. Exciting, but has the biggest heart and the most passion in the locker room. That's Flair and Shawn Michaels. Uh, and so Baker would fit in that mold, I think, quite well. That's phenomenal. I, I know I think we tipped you off when we were going to ask you to do this because I don't think many folks know you did. You have called football games. You did that for the, for the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> as you mentioned, when Brett was there. So we want to give you a play here from the Rose Bowl. We'll just kind of set the scene a little bit for us. You got to dust off those, uh, those old skills and get the, uh, get you, we'll get you a touchdown here from the Rose Bowl before it went the other way here. Uh, yeah. I'm going to let you go here. So I think we got it. Here you go. It's all you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're here. It's uh, January the 1st. Where else would you want to be but Pasadena, California? This is the Rose Bowl. And the mighty Oklahoma Sooners with the great quarterback, Baker Mayfield, in red zone territory. There's a reverse. And uh, wait a minute. The pass. The pass. Mayfield is alone in the end zone. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield with a touchdown. A six for number six. Shaking and baking all the way down the sideline. Boomer Sooner Baker. That's it. That's it. That was awesome. That's it. It can't be done better than that. It can't be done any better than that. That's terrific. See, you're you're WWE Hall of Famer. You'd be be an NFL Hall of Famer if you just stayed there. How about that? That's phenomenal. Well, appreciate it, guys. But here's the thing. That Oklahoma football is in my DNA. 
I love it. Uh, you know, and it's where I, I moved back to Oklahoma because I want to be near the football program. Sounds kind of crazy. Uh, but uh, I live three miles from the stadium, and I, my happiest days are around that football program and the players and the coaches. Do you uh, get in any discussions with Barry, with Coach Switzer, about uh, comparing this kind of new style of Oklahoma football, <laughs> which is chuck and duck versus what Barry used to do back in the day? No, you, when you're around Coach Switzer, the king will hold court, and he, you will listen. You will listen to it. And generally, the son of a gun's pretty right. You know, he's, uh, he's pretty good. I know he may have told me, he said, when Baker had his little run-in in Fayetteville, Arkansas, uh, Switzer said, none of those Arkies would have caught my quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Hey, real quick, off the subject of Baker, uh, one of the things we do, look, we're longtime scouts, so I'm, I'm curious, the job you've done, you might be the best scout in wrestling history, the guys you've been able to find from the football field and then convert them over to wrestling, guys like The Rock. What, what did you see in them? Yeah, I know he had a background there in the business with his family, but can you glean anything from the football field that you can directly correlate to being a good wrestler? When I recruited uh, future wrestlers from football programs, you find that you have several sources of background information. You can talk to the head coach, the position coach, the strength coach, academic advisor, all kinds of people that can give you feedback on the character, the work ethic, and the commitment of these players. I found John Cena at Springfield College. He was a, he was a small college All-American center, wow. captain of the team, and a weight room freak. He also graduated, so he had good grades. He had a degree. He was a captain of the team. He was an All-American. So why in the hell wouldn't I recruit a guy like that? Dwayne Johnson the same way. You know, The Rock was 6'4", 6'5", 270. Uh, when I had lunch with him the first time, first lunch, Every woman in the restaurant came by to see if he wanted more to drink. And a lot of them didn't even work there. <laughs> they just want to get close to the, to the rock. So, uh, uh, so there's a field thing, but there's checks and balances that the game of football provides us as participants and players and fans that, that are all uh, that you can always evaluate. So it's, it's a cool thing, man. I, I, I love checking those guys out on the football side. And, and some of the biggest stars in wrestling, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Defensive in North Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, Oklahoma's had several uh, wrestlers. Bill Watts, Danny Hodge, uh, Wahoo McDaniel. Uh, oh, so wow. uh, it's just a cool thing for me because you know what football players are made of, guys. You guys know it better than I do. But uh, I have so much confidence and respect for that game that uh, I, I found some great wrestlers in, from that world. You know, it's funny. This is so full circle because being in draft rooms, we always gave bonus points. I mean, we had Ray Lewis when I was with the Ravens, was a fantastic wrestler. Roddy White, I remember him coming out as a receiver, even had a wrestling background. We give guys bonus points on the football side for being wrestlers, and it sounds like in the wrestling business, you give guys a little bonus point for being <laughs> football players. Absolutely. Well, you want to know, even though wrestling is a performance art, and I'm sure some people are rolling their eyes, did JR say art? in describing a pro wrestling <laughs> event. Yes. Uh, but the deal is, is that uh, there's so many things that you want those people to bring to your locker room. And if you've been a good locker room guy, you've been a good team guy, you fit good in the locker room community, then I believe that you'll have the same opportunities to do for my locker room. So that's kind of how I looked at it. We just did all the, all the fact that checking and uh, all the background stuff. And it's just, we got some pretty good guys out of the game of football. And right now it's no different. I don't know why, Agents don't contact WWE when their guys' football run is over and, and see if they can't use that big personality and the athletic skills uh, and make themselves some real money and maybe get discovered like Dwayne Johnson did, who's not doing bad right now. JR, I think you just got an idea for our new consulting uh, business. Yep. It's just going to be the three of us here. We're going to put this thing together, make a little extra scratch on the side. What do you say? I'm in. I'm in, guys. <laughs> Last question before I let you go. If, uh, if you want to give Baker a name, can we give him a nickname? If we want to give him a wrestling name, can you give us one? I'm putting you on the spot here before we, wow. before we run. But I just think he's got so much charisma, so much personality, so competitive and tough. I just don't know if I have a good wrestling name for him, though. Yeah, maybe the sensational sooner. Oh, there we go. Ooh, it, okay. I think you just might have titled the podcast for us. <laughs> hey, that, look, we can't thank you. JR, thank you so much for your time. I know this is a crazy, hectic week for you. It doesn't get any bigger in your business than this week. And for you to take some time for us today to talk about Baker, uh, we can't thank you enough. He's a good kid, guys. Again, uh, great mom and dad. Mom and dad are still married. They're still in the home together. People may say, what does that make? Well, it makes a lot of difference, mm -hmm. quite frankly. Uh, but he's a good kid. He ain't Johnny Manziel. And look, I don't know what John, I don't know Johnny Manziel personally. I know he makes some stupid decisions. 
Baker's made some bad decisions. But someday we're all having a beer. I'll tell you about my time getting arrested at 18 in Fort Smith, Arkansas, <laughs> for minor possession of untaxed beer. So there's a scoop for you. <laughs> it's phenomenal. We're going to talk about that when we're putting our consulting business together. That's going to happen. There you go, boys. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Thanks, fellas. Well, Buck, I think we've done some cool things on this 360 series. I don't know if we've done anything cooler than that. What? Well, that, how fun was that conversation? That was a lot of fun. It was pretty. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty incredible to hear the stories and how he blend and goes back and forth between uh, <laughs> making Mayfield and some of the other guys he's touched. Oh yeah, the the Nature Boy, Rick Fletcher, dude. Unbelievable, Nature Boy. I like that comparison, though. Yeah. I like that comparison. Sean Michaels, the heartbreak a of, kid. A lot of, a lot of parallels, for sure. I think that's a uh, that's a remarkable comparison, one that I may use later on. Yeah, there, there you go. But the, on a serious note, the uh, the 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 impact he had on him after his wife had passed away, pretty cool. I mean, that, that's again another little layer of Baker Mayfield. I don't know if everybody knows about. And it's a, a pretty cool insight there. It's pretty cool insight. This is kind of insight that we would have had if we were still in the scouting business. Yeah. In terms of going on school calls, trying to get other people to kind of kind of shape and vet the character. Jim Ross certainly vetted Baker Mayfield's character. All right, we're getting ready to wrap this thing up here. Let's. Uh, we've done this for for all these 360 episodes. Try and find the best fit. Uh, where would be a good spot for Baker Mayfield at the next level? Why don't you lead us off? Which, which team do you like? The best spot would be the New Orleans Saints. And the reason it would be the best spot, he would get an opportunity to sit and watch the guy that he hopes to emulate in Drew Brees. He also would get a chance to play for a great offensive mind in Sean Payton. Sean Payton has already done it before with Drew Brees. I believe a transition from Drew Brees to Baker Mayfield would be a seamless transition for the New Orleans Saints. That's why I would fully endorse that move. Well, the team you keep hearing about is Miami. That Miami seems enamored with him, and I can definitely buy that as a fit. But Alex Smith, plug your ears. You're not going to want to hear this. <laughs> I, I, I think the Washington Redskins. And, and really, it's – it's God, you almost feel bad for saying this, but Alex Smith gets you a couple years there, Buck, but he's proven he can mentor. He does a great job in that role. Did I don't he? know if he wants to do that anymore. I know. It's probably, I don't know it's if probably he signed not it in his I don't best think, interest I don't think do he that. put it in the contract like, hey, please bring another quarterback for me to mentor. Well, he just got another another big payday, so he got some <laughs> money there from the Redskins. But I do think if you look at the job he did with Patrick Mahomes, he handled that situation with such class and professionalism and really gave him a year to kind of learn and, and get ready to go. So, to me, I think that was a was an ideal move last year for the Chiefs. Maybe it repeats itself this year with the Washington Redskins. I uh, very well could repeat itself. I, I, I think it's interesting um, to have a quarterback like Alex Smith mentor a guy like Baker Mayfield. I don't know how much he would love it, but for Baker Mayfield, it's another great situation. Watch someone who came in as the number one overall, found his way in the league, and has become a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback and one of the winningest quarterbacks of late. Yeah, obviously, Alex Smith did the same thing with Kaepernick way back in the day. Oh, man, that's three. With the 49ers. Give him three quarterbacks. He's he, he may scream Yeah, he's at, like, on draft he's, night. I don't want to say he's a quarterback. Some people are referred to as a quarterback guru, quarterback whisperer. He's like like a quarterback babysitter. Like, just kind of take care of them for real. Make sure they get, get get them their breakfast in the morning. Just he's, he does a nice job, like a like a nanny, a quarterback nanny. Uh, that's what Alex Smith is doing there. I think that'd be look, a Baker Mayfield. I, I think of the quarterbacks in this draft class. I, I think position for immediate success, depending on the situation. But I'd say Rosen and Mayfield are probably the two. Just just get them right out there. They'll be ready to go. Two different reasons why. Mayfield's experience. Anytime you have a guy who's played over 40-plus games at the collegiate level, he's had a ton of reps throwing the ball, seeing defense, understanding. And even that makes it tough to transition to the league, but the reps matter. I think Baker Mayfield would be well-positioned to get on the field early and have some success with a very, very good team. Well, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this 360 episode. If this is the first one you're checking out, maybe you're an Oklahoma fan and you've, you've wanted to listen to this because it's your guy, Baker Mayfield. Trust me, you're going to enjoy these other ones. You're going to enjoy Saquon Barkley. You're going to enjoy all the quarterbacks we have uh, coming up on this series. If you haven't listened to any of the other episodes, give it a try. Give it a listen. I think you'll enjoy it. It's the uh, it's the best thing that we do. Lamar Jackson's already done. That's out there. Josh Allen's out there. We've got uh, Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold on the way, still yet to come. So uh, a lot of good content out there. I hope the folks get a chance to check it out. Yeah, they should check it out because this is really some of the best work that we do, best work that uh, the NFL media team does in terms of really giving you insight on to the generation of stars that are soon to come. Yeah, and a quick shout-out before we get out of here to uh, to uh, Mr. Singer. 
he has done a phenomenal job of booking guests for us. This is a lot of different guests that we uh, we get on this show, and we re- appreciate all the work that he's done uh, on our behalf here. All right, that's going to do it for Baker Mayfield 360. Be sure to check out the podcast, all the podcasts. Go to nfl.com slash podcast or go to Apple Podcasts. You can download subscribe right there. And check out the uh, Move the Six video content. Go to nfl.com slash mtsvideos uh, for all of our videos. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.